What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> in fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. Welcome to another edition of the Hardwood Knox. Today we have a special episode for you guys. We have a special guest, Jimmer Fredette, uh, NBA player with the Sacramento Kings, Chicago Bulls, New Orleans Pelicans, brief stint with the Spurs, and he's now on the Westchester Knicks in the NBA D-League. Uh, we're very happy to have Jimmer on. Jimmer, thanks for joining us. Hey, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. So, my first question... You are, I mean, you were in the NBA for four years. Um, you know, I, I've, I've followed your career pretty closely. I feel like you were a pretty effective player. How often do you, and, and I, I personally compare you to players all the time. I don't, I don't know if you're aware of that or not, but how often do you? Or Grocery Outlet Bargain Market is your home for huge savings on name brand products. This week, have a fun and delicious start to your morning with Post Nutter Butter Cereal. 19-ounce boxes are just 99 cents. That's a wow savings of up to 80% versus traditional grocery stores. Also, Star Kiss Chunk Light Tuna, 5-ounce cans are buy two, get one free. That's a wow savings of up to 64%. Limit three free. Offers good through March 12th. Grocery Outlet Bargain Market. For other people who are maybe in the D-League sort of look at players in the NBA and think, I'm, I I feel like I'm better than that guy. I feel like I should be in the NBA. Is that a thought that ever crosses your mind? You know, I, I definitely uh, have confidence in my ability. Um, you know, obviously every guy that's playing in the NBA is a great basketball player, and um, there's a lot of guys out there that are on the fringe of, of being able to be in the NBA or just out of the NBA. There are a lot of great basketball players out there, but I know that. I have confidence in my ability that I do belong in the NBA. Um, you know, so I feel like um, hopefully at some point I'll be able to get another opportunity and be able to, you know, find a roster spot and hopefully, you know, it'll be the right fit. But um, I definitely um, believe that I that I can be in the NBA and that I can be an effective player in the NBA. 
Um, I don't necessarily look at guys and say, uh, you know, they don't deserve to be in the NBA. They've worked really hard themselves to, to get to where they are. Um, you know, but I definitely believe that I have the, the skill level to be there. So Andy had sort of talked about this before we began recording. You're in the D-League now, and you're playing against guys, and you're playing with guys who all presumably share that same goal of reaching the NBA or, or getting back to the NBA. Does that create this additional, perhaps inherent, layer of competition where there's almost sort of a quiet or unofficial rivalry between you and anyone else and even teammates just because you're battling for that same next step, knowing that you don't want this to be your last step? You know, I can only uh, speak for the Westchester Knicks. Um, this is the only D-League team I've played for. But to be honest, um, you know, these guys that are on this team are, are great guys. And we're truly, um, you know, about the, the team first mentality. And it's, um, I'm sure with other D-League teams it could be different. Um, but we have a lot of really good personalities on this team, guys that have been, uh, you know, on good teams in college and have played for really good coaches and, um, you know, want to to be successful themselves, but they also know that if the team is successful, then, you know, individually you'll be able to get, um, you'll be able to have more success as well. And um, I think that when you win, everybody looks good. So I think that guys on our team realize that. Um, so we're really focused on winning. Um, but I, I think with the triangle offense, a lot of guys get opportunity when they get on the floor, it's kind of a system where, you know, not one guy is necessarily dominating the ball. Or the ball is supposed to move and be able to get your opportunity in, in, your, in your spot. So I think uh, everybody's been benefited from that. So there, there hasn't been too much of that on this team, which is which has been great. You mentioned the triangle, and you know, I think that's interesting. A lot of a lot of writers and coaches these days are starting to think that the triangle maybe is a little antiquated. Um, how does it feel to you? Do you like running that offense? You know, it's been it's definitely an adjustment, um, but um, I, I've I've enjoyed it. You know, it's definitely something where, like I said, I, I necessarily I'm not going to get the volume of shots um, on a nightly basis. And some nights I'll, I'll get more than others. Um, it's really just about how the team, the, the other team, is defending you. But one thing that we do do is is if we're able to, you know, just stop, we definitely get out of transition. And I think that that's a big thing with our with our team is that we focus on trying to get out of transition so we don't even have to get into the triangle offense. Um, you know, and then obviously if there's a made basket or everything, we can get into our set system. Um, so it's, it's, it's been a good mixture of being able to get out and play freely and then being able to find your spot within the triangle. Um, you know, triangle offense all about reading and reacting is, being a smart basketball player, so I think that that kind of plays into my game a little bit, being able to read uh, what the defense is giving you. Okay, my next question, it kind of goes along with that. You're, you're, you're the focal point now. You, you do run the triangle offense, but you are the team's leading scorer since you joined the team. You are helping the team win. We were, we were looking at your on-off numbers. The team plays a lot better when you're on the floor. Um, you probably haven't really felt this since since you were at BYU, where you were the focal point of opposing defenses. There, does it feel good to be back into that sort of rhythm? To have you know regular playing time again, 
to be able to get shots up. I, I know you said you're not really a volume scorer in the triangle offense, but you're definitely you're playing effectively and you're and you're putting points up. So how does that feel for you? No, it feels it, it feels great just to be able to go out there and play and and to, to get a rhythm and just be able to play the game that I love. Um, you know, uh, I haven't been able to since been the NBA just have a team that that I play consistent consistently on a night in night out basis. Um, you know, so it's been four years, and now that I'm able to be able to go out there and, and play consistently every night, and know that defenses are going to be you know focused around trying to stop myself and our team. Um, you know, it feels good. Um, so I try to go out there, and the biggest thing that I, I try to focus on is, like you said, just being um, efficient when I'm out on the floor. Um, you know, I don't necessarily need to shoot you know, 20 to 25 shots to, to put up huge numbers, you know, if it doesn't make sense. Um, you know, it's all about taking good shots, and when you get good shots, um, make them. And I think that's what uh, NBA teams are looking for out of me. And, um, you know, I'm trying to focus on that. When you were weighing your next options after that stint in New Orleans, did you always just have the D-League in your mind? Did you see overseas ball as an option, or did you just look at the developmental league and think that it offered the most direct pipeline back to where you wanted to be? No, yeah, I definitely took everything into consideration. I mean, I we got uh, a lot of looks from, from European teams, um, you know, so that was something that I took into consideration. And, um, but I felt like at this point, the D-League was the best option for me, um, and uh, hopefully... Uh, direct, like you said, a direct line back into the NBA. Obviously, lots of guys from the D League get pulled up into the NBA each and every year. Um, so, you know, I've had, I had an opportunity a little bit, you know, at the beginning of the season with the Pelicans, but I was short lived. And I'm, you know, hoping to be able to have that happen again sometime. Uh, again, I, you don't really know what the future holds as far as that's concerned. So I'm focused on, you know, trying to get better. I'm right here with with the with the Knicks and um, go out on a night in night out basis and be consistent and play hard and have some fun and you know that's my my main focus and uh, we'll see what happens in the future. So this is this is now is this your fifth locker room as a professional basketball player? Yeah, yeah. Is is it difficult to adjust to a di- to so many different teams? I mean, this isn't something that's unique to you. Obviously, a lot of you know, NBA players are considered yeah. journeymen. It's I think it's something that goes with being a professional basketball player. Does it take sure. long to sort of acclimate to a new culture, uh, make friends? Like, what is that process like? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's not it's not too difficult. I mean, you just try to go in there and be yourself and and uh, show the guys kind of who you are right off the bat, and uh, you know, so that they they know get to know you and. You know, you'd be up, you'd be up front with them, and you joke with them, and you know, just kind of show them who you are. And if, if you do that, everybody will open up to you a lot quicker than if you're trying to be closed off and you know, shy or anything like that. And so I just try to go in there and be myself, and uh, you know, joke around, have fun with the guys. And once you do that, then when you get on the floor, guys are more willing to to help you and to to t- tell you what you know what they kind of do and how they run their system and how things work around, you know, the locker room. So in my experience, that's the way I've kind of, I've kind of dealt with it. Um, you know, it's, it's different. You don't, you usually don't know the guy that you're, 
you're the guys that you're going into the locker room, but you know of them, so you feel like you kind of know them, but you don't really. So, but you have that that camaraderie, and everyone knows who you are. So you go in and kind of just talk about you know different things, talk about your college days, and you talk about how the team is, and you know who they are as a person. And if you can if you can do that, it breaks barriers down a lot quicker, and then you get acclimated a lot quicker. Are there are there a couple of teammates you had along the way who were particularly helpful in, in making you feel at home? Yeah, definitely. Um, last year with the Pelicans, it was uh, two different guys, Ryan Anderson and Jeff Withy. Those guys were kind of my my go to guys. And uh, Ryan Anderson is uh, he's a really funny, funny guy, and he's very nice and, and welcoming. He's very outgoing, so. He, he gets along with everybody, and when he's in the locker room, there's always, you know, some type of joke or something going on. So he kind of, um, him and Jeff kind of took me under their wing and had me go out with them to get dinner and stuff like that on the road, which which was great. And I got acclimated very, very quickly because of, because of Ryan and Jeff, so it was great. Cool. Dan, If you unless you have some other questions, I wanted to jump to the couple of the Twitter questions. Nope, I'm fine with that. So we uh, we put it out on on Twitter at the Hardwood Knox account that you'd be joining us today, Jimmer. So we got a couple of questions um, from some fans, and actually the first one is a fan slash Sports Illustrated writer. So um, Ben Leibowitz, he was wondering what the most valuable piece of advice you got from an NBA teammate or coach. Most valuable um, piece of advice I got was from actually Francisco Garcia. My, my rookie year in Sacramento, and he had been playing in the league for eight or nine years already, and um, had gone through some ups and downs in his career, and um, was able to find the place in Sacramento and, and stuck there for a while and had a pretty good season, got a decent contract and everything, and had a, had a, um, uh, a fun time, but he told me, you know, the biggest thing that you can do is just control what you can control, and he's like, you can't control necessarily what the coach is going to do or how much playing time you're going to get but you can control your attitude and you can control how hard you work and you can control if you're happy or not and I think you know those those things are, are great pieces of advice because um, sometimes the league can be difficult and it can um, lead to you know some frustration or whatever it is and um, the biggest thing is focus on what you control and, and uh, if you do that then you know things will will work out themselves and uh, you know so it was a great piece of advice I got that's awesome I, I did not expect to hear Francisco Garcia's name during this podcast yeah, that's cool no, nor sure. did I the other one was is there anything that you're working on specifically right now to, to sort of improve your staying power in the league um, I think I talked about it a little bit before but I think the biggest Thing for me is to show teams that um, you know I can be efficient with with my scoring, and then also you know, defensively continue to, to work um, on that and look for showing that I can can play defense and be you know uh, a good player on that side of the floor as well. So I'm just show my competitive nature, go out there and compete on a night in night out basis, and, and show them that I want to be out there to win. And uh, I think that if I play efficiently on the offensive end. You know, make my threes and uh, you know shoot a high percentage. I think that teams will be like, "Oh, this guy can can really help us." With a guy that comes in off the bench and, and scores efficiently on 
it is consistent on a night in night out basis. So um, you know that's my main focus. Well, from from my viewpoint, you are you are definitely pulling that off right now. You're among the the D League leaders in scoring uh, steals, so that's the defensive end three point percentage. You're doing really well. We're we're definitely rooting for you here at the Hardwood Knox, and I'm I'm sure you know that there are tons of fans around the country rooting for you as well. Jimmer, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot, guys, for having me on, and I always appreciate the support. So thanks again. All right, man. Good luck. Okay, we'll see you guys. All right, so that was Jimmer for Dad. Again, we're we're really glad he was able to join us. Um, Any thoughts, Dan? Yeah, Bells, I definitely agree with you. It's surprising that he hasn't been able to make it work in the NBA somewhere. This is a guy who, while he's been inefficient at certain points during his stints with these different teams, he can score. And he's showing that he can score in the D-League right now, and he's showing he could do so efficiently. And even if you look at him as that catch-and-shoot specialist or someone who can just come off the bench and score points in a hurry – that should be a hot commodity, especially when you look at some of the other guys that are in the NBA right now. It just seems like Jimmer Fredette's skill set should be able to work, even if he's undersized and even if he's colored as sort of a defensive liability. He just has that offensive potential to make you think, hey, he belongs in the association, even if it's only as that offensive specialist. Yeah, it's weird. There, there are definitely those players in the league right now. Like I, I did a story on Jimmer this summer for Bleacher Report, and his career numbers were almost identical to Gary Neal's, and they're they're similar size and everything. And, and Neal has been in the NBA for probably almost a decade now. Um, the situation we're looking at him with as, as a member of the Knicks would be definitely tough. They have a clear need at point guard, but Jimmer Fredette isn't much of a facilitator, and the Knicks already have sort of a more athletic version of Jimmer Fredette in Langston Galloway. Again, they're not the same, but Galloway is also someone who doesn't really start the offense much. He's used primarily as that scorer. And then they also have Jerry and Grant, who they're still trying to develop. And unless you get rid of Jose Calderon, it might be tough to balance out the minutes there. But it just comes back to him maybe finding the right situation. I thought it was the Spurs, just because they get players some garbage time. Uh, He would have been able to be in a stable place for once, try and learn and build upon playing within the same system. And it goes like this. The other night when when the Spurs beat the Pacers, they were able to get guys like Boban and Jonathan Simmons just some of these minutes because they were eventually up by so much. And those few minutes of action on a good basketball team where you have some semblance of stability might just help you grow. And it seems that he just hasn't gotten that opportunity yet. Once he does, maybe he'll be able to make a bigger, better impression. Yeah, I, I remember when I, when I first heard that he had been signed by the Spurs this summer, I thought, okay, this, this makes sense. This is the first time really in his career that I thought it, it worked, it fit. Um, and I don't, I don't really know the ins and outs of why they let him go. But at the same time, I do feel like there is kind of a fit with the Knicks too. Like you said, they they do have a little bit of a problem at point guard. Jose Calderon, I mean, he's no ace on defense himself. Jer- Jerry Grant's a rookie. Sasha Vujicic, who kind of plays both guard spots, has been abysmal this season. So I think there's there's an opportunity for him there too. I think just the last thing I'll say is, you know, my my thought on the D League has always been, if you're an NBA player, you should dominate the D League. 
And that's that's what he's done in the 10 games that he's been with the Knicks uh, in Westchester. Uh, he's averaging 23 points, four rebounds, four assists, shooting 49% from the floor, 47% from three. Um, like we mentioned when Jimmer was on with us earlier, they, they have a better net rating when he's on the floor um, than when he's off. Significantly better, actually. So I do, I do think that there's still, you know, a chance for him out there, and, and I hope he can pull it off. Um, in lieu of uh, burning bacon, since we didn't really talk about it, I think we'll just go ahead and wrap this episode up, unless you have something that's particularly burning you up right now, Dan, on the spot. Yeah, I, I think, think I could, I could go. go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do that then. Bacon, bacon, where's the bacon? I smell bacon, bacon, bacon. Gotta be bacon, only one thing smells like bacon. That's bacon. I'm going to stay in New York today with my burning bacon and talk a little football, specifically the New York Giants and Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, he had a lot of extracurricular stuff going on with corner Josh Norman during the Giants' loss to the Panthers this past Sunday including that blindsided helmet-to-helmet hit after the play. It was stupid. It was idiotic. He certainly deserves something. He should be suspended for the game that he's been suspended for. He probably should have been thrown out of that game. But I just find it weird at how hot some of these takes are getting. They're, they're too hot for my taste right now. We shouldn't use this one situation to color a guy's entire career. To this point, he has done nothing but be a phenomenal football player. We were talking about the first 25-plus games of his career being the best we've ever seen from a receiver in the NFL. And now you have people saying that he has character issues or he won't be a superstar because of this or that. There are even a few knuckleheads think that the Giants should trade him. And it's just absolutely backtrap crazy at this point because of how good he is and it's not like this has been a reoccurring problem you'll hear different things from fans around the league about his demeanor or you'll hear different things from how players approach him he's definitely garnered extra malicious attention where you've seen teams target him in the past but this isn't someone who's had a ton of off-field issues thus far and we're going to use his one idiotic misstep as a means to just define his career it's just absurd I'm with you. It does seem like everything, not just in sports, but like everything in the world now has to be drummed up into this, like pick your side and let's go to war over it on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Like it's just everywhere. This stuff gets just so blown out of proportion in the information age. The one thing I will say there though, is that with all this concussion stuff in the NFL, Odell Beckham Jr. going helmet to helmet, blindsided, really just out of spite toward Josh Norman is absolutely absurd. And it is stupid because you don't want to risk injury to someone else. You don't want to risk really changing the trajectory of his career because that's what those types of injuries can do. And the other thing here is while we're going to talk about it being in the heat of the moment, in the heat of battle, you're an adult. Odell Beckham Jr. has been playing football, I would guess, for at least a decade He's 23, I believe. He knows right from wrong. And even when your emotions overtake you, you should still be able to exude some type of control over what's happening, knowing, hey, my team needs this game. Let me not just go after this guy. Let me think about how this is going to look nationally in the aftermath. Those thoughts have to go through your head. You cannot get that clouded. And I don't think anyone, or at least, least of all him, could get in that position where their judgment is so clouded they don't realize what they're doing is out of this world not okay. And 
So that's where I won't give him a pass. But again, he's a phenomenal football player. Let's judge him on what happens from here on out. Let's judge him what he's done beforehand. Let's make this a part of the story right now about what he needs to improve upon. But let's not try and use it to paint his entire career when it's certainly by no means something that is that bad or warrants that much consideration. I'm with you. If you want to talk to uh, Dan more about Odell Beckham or anything in the sports world, the Knicks, Jimmer Fredette, you can find him on Twitter at Dan Favale, uh, F-A-V-A-L-E. I'm at Andrew D. Bailey. Adam, who was unable to join us today, is at Frommel09, F-R-O-M-A-L-09. And of course, all three of us are at Hardwood Knox. Uh, continue to uh, subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a rating there. You can favorite us on Stitcher as well. Um, if you want to follow what Jimmer's up to uh, this season, the D-League website has a really cool stats hub now. It's it's as advanced as NBA.com, so that's cool. And you can the D-League also broadcasts all their games on YouTube live. So if you want to watch them, you can watch them there. Um, thanks for joining us today, and we will uh, hear from you soon. Shout out Bino Udri. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> in fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. Skydiving. This is amazing. Yeah, but you know what else is amazing? An iPhone 6S for just 49 bucks at Metro. Really? Imagine streaming all the way down with that amazing camera. I'm switching. That's smart. You know what else is smart? Parachutes. Woo! Switch to Metro and get an amazing iPhone 6S for only 49 bucks. Metro by T-Mobile. Phone offer requires port in of number not currently active on T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.